What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of hope in abundance as well as purpose. The most important thing is purpose because purpose brings that hope in abundance. All right. So I want to thank you for joining us on tonight. We have an amazing guest, but before we get to our guest, there are a couple things that I would like to talk about uh, here on Transformation Radio. We have those uncomfortable conversations. We have purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. I want to have an unpopular and uncomfortable conversation with you. Well, I guess depending on how you receive it or believe it to be. Uh, The current state of our nation, I believe it's very important that we are praying at this time. But I also believe that even in the midst of our our praying, we must be willing to plot, plan, strategize, and mobilize. We must be willing to put that prayer into action. It's not just enough for us to pray. We must begin to mold, become mobile in our movement and strategic about our movement. And we must move, as I always say, guys, with purpose. All right. Now, the protesting is great. I'm a big proponent of pro- protesting, <laughs> of protesting. And I believe the rioting and the looting play a part in it as well. I know we don't like it. I get it. I get it. I don't like it either. However, if you look at any revolution all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament throughout lifetime, lifetime, not before my way before my lifetime, but just throughout our world, throughout our country, anytime there's a revolution, these things happen. And they don't just happen with black people. They've happened with white people as well. That's the reality of it. These are things that happen. They're unfortunate. They're dangerous. It's hurtful. But here with this situation, we got to look at the cause as well. I see more people outraged about the effect than they are about the cause. This man was choked to death. He suffocated. We're not talking about that tonight. Again, if if you want to hear about that, go to my podcast, www.thewhatnowpodcast.com dot me www the what now podcast listen to my latest episode and also subscribe all right so we got to become mobile we got to move with purpose you know what that means when it's time to fill out your census forms you're filling out your census forms census form when it's time for you to be represented represented at the voting booth you've registered and you are voting in your local and national elections i saw something today that bothered me it's still bothering me right now as I'm talking about it. Somebody had a T-shirt on or they had posted a saying, I can't even remember, but they said, I refuse to vote until you realize that black lives matter. No, baby, we have to make them realize that black lives matter by us joining together and taking the same energy that we are taking towards protesting and some towards rioting and, and, and looting, that same energy, that same force, we have to channel it towards a positive thing, and we have to show up and vote. We got to become more aware of, of what's going on politically. We have to become more aware of what's going on in our communities, and we have to begin to put the people in place that are going to speak for the people. 
The reason why we have some people that are in place that are not speaking for us is because we have not been represented and we can't blame anybody for the lack of our representation many times, but ourselves because we haven't seen the value in voting. And I kind of get it. I get it. However, now we have to begin to have a paradigm shift. We have to begin to take back the narrative of every situation and understand the power that we possess. We want everybody to realize that black lives matter and they do. However, people will only realize that black lives matter when we realize the value of our lives. We yet realize the value of the life that we have and what it represents to this country. So we have to begin to take some of that power back. It's going to hurt. Yes, there's a lot of hurtful things going on right now. But what are we going to do with it? Are we going to grumble? Are we going to complain? Are we going to rally together and protest? Are we going to rally together and riot? Are we going to rally, rally together and loot? Are we going to rally together, do some of those things, and we're going to do it, but then also make our voice known by going to that booth for local and national elections, local and national elections. We must do that, all right? Black Lives Matter, as I said, and the only, they may never realize how much our lives matter, but the important thing is that we realize it beyond tragedy taking place. So I'm grateful how we were uniting. I'm grateful for the protest. I'm grateful for all of that, but I'm even more grateful when we get together and we begin to do things that will change this entire world. For us in the generations that are to come, no justice, no peace. When we begin to personally know justice, then we can personally embrace peace. Huh. All right. So now. Got that out the way. Just want to remind everybody that the phone lines are open throughout the entire interview. I encourage each and every one of you to call in, join the conversation. Let us know how you're being blessed by the conversation as well by writing us at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. You can use that same email address if you would like to write me and ask me to cover a subject or if you want to write me and you want clarity about something that we cover. But I want you to know the phone lines are open 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. We have an amazing guest tonight. As I always state, my guests and myself, as well as you guys, all of us come from diverse backgrounds, diverse belief systems. We all can learn and grow from each other. But the reality is, if we're already listening, listening from a place of judgment where we don't desire to grow and learn from each other and learn each other's stories and why we think the way that we think, then we're going to already have our mind made up. And when you call in, sometimes when you have your mind made up, you don't call in with the right attitude. If you disagree, I can respect that. Call in, express your disagreement, but do it in a respectful manner unless you want me to hit that X button. And nobody has had that X button hit, no, X button hit on them, and I don't want to hit it on you, okay? So I encourage you, call in, join the conversation. We value your thoughts. We value your opinion. 516-387-1756. Now, help me welcome to tonight's show our guest on tonight. He's an author. He's a coach. He's a trainer and he's a speaker. He has also been coined the motivator. And I believe 
that in the midst of the conversation, you are going to understand exactly why they call this man the motivator. Guys, help me welcome to the show, Jason T. Mahoney. Jason, welcome to the show. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, doing good, Cliff. Super excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for allowing me to uh, be on your show this evening. Super excited. Awesome, man, awesome. Again, thank you for joining us on tonight. I said it off the air, and I'll say it again. I believe that our listening audience is going to gain so much from hearing from you on tonight, and I believe there's going to be some that are going to leave here having answers uh, questions answered, and then there's going to be some that's going to have even greater questions stirred up to cause them to pursue greater answers. Absolutely. All right, so here we go. We're going to get started. And the first question is, as it always is, and maybe I need to come up with a new question. Let me know, listen, audience, <laughs> if you're tired of hearing the same question. But I love this question. So it explains so much to me. If you had one superpower... What would that superpower be and why? Hmm. And, and I can't say if I um, have the superpower to have additional superpowers, it just have to be one. Ah, uh, see, nobody even took it from that approach. I mean, I, I guess you can say that because <laughs> that would be the superpower that you would want to have. Nobody's – go ahead. Just go ahead and say what you are going to say, then I'm going to explain to you this question. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I, I'm a follow. I'm follow rules and regulations. I'm, I, I'm one of those radical motivators. So, but let me yeah. think. A superpower. <laughs> um, I think if I had a superpower, I would um, like the. Um, I think when when that comes to mind, I think of Wolverine. Um, he had a regenerative mm-hmm. ability, and so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much no matter what. Um, his superpower went through. He always came, he was always able to kind of shake it off, um, and, and yeah. it never would bother him. And so I think if I had that regenerative ability quicker, um, I would love that superpower. Awesome, awesome. Now I'm gonna hit both sides of what you said. Nobody has ever thought about it that way. And see, this is why I have people on the show, guys, because they'll always challenge our thought process. To, I never thought about it even myself to have the superpower, to have more superpowers. That, tell, that tells a lot. And then the second one that you said, um, so powerful, so true. And the reason why I ask that question is because many times I'm learning more and more that the answers that people give us is basically what they do to add value to our world now, one way or another. And it's happened once again, you know, the – I'm sure that that is something that you yearn to to teach individuals uh, in your coaching sessions and in conversations you're having with them is the ability to shake those things off and power back up, you know, right. so that you can be, you know, who you were created and called to be. So that's why I always like to start with that question. Okay. So now we're and going I think with, to and I, and if I can add, oh, I think with that superpower, when mm-hmm. we think about um, like some of the atrocities that are going on now, and we always ask mm-hmm. who's going to be on the front line, and sometimes people, when they get on the front line, they may they may you know um, take 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 the hits and all those things, and then they may not be able to get back up, and so someone else had to step in to get on the front line. But I think when you have that ability to 
um, as soon as you get knocked down, you 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 immediately get back up. And so, therefore, you all, that front line is always protected. And I think if we kind of tap into those things where we can regenerate, um, be regenerative quickly, then we will be able to continue to maintain on the front line. Now, let, let's talk about that because now we're going to talk about everything that's going on right now in our world. And, and mm-hmm. I want to not even talk from the world perspective, but in our nation right now. And we're talking about the importance of leadership and having, you know, that ability to regenerate, you know, and, and to regain that strength. What, what do you think we're missing right now? Or are we missing anything right now? With the state that we're in right now, what is your viewpoint on the state that we're in? And actually, um, I've gotten a lot of questions um regarding my thoughts and views on everything that is going on now. And my thoughts um, that I always say is God's timeline has been all right with me. And and what Mm -hmm. I mean by God's timeline has been all right with me is that everything that is going on, my faith tells me that God is still in charge. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody may not agree with my faith, and, and I respect that. I respect people that do not agree with my faith or what my belief system is, but I think that everything that is going on, you know, um, it, it's it's all being handled by God. Um, you know, we, we pray um, our Father's prayer and say, you know, we say, let, let your will be done. Um, we can't pray that prayer, and then we go through a situation and get angry because, no, we, we, we said let your will be done. Um, you know, we sometimes in church sing the, song, sing the songs, um, if I – if I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. And I think so many times people, and not even church people, but people, we make these declarations, and, and you know, even like unchurched people, they may have quotes that they like. And then, but when the rubber mm-hmm. meets the road, can they truly mm-hmm. put their quote that they like in, 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 into action? And I think sometimes we have to come to the understanding that, if it's a song that we like, if it's a hip-hop song, a gospel song, a scripture, whatever, we cannot say that that's my motto if when it comes to being put to test, I don't continue to move forward. Does that make sense? Mm, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So then my question to you, um, playing, uh, I don't like to call it the devil's advocate, but you know, um, Stimul- I call it stimulating conversation. Yeah, yeah, here we go, stimulating conversation. Now, let's think about all the other people that are out there, because this is probably one of the biggest questions I get. Well, I hear what you're saying about my faith remaining in God, but how can God allow all of this stuff to go on, and it seems like we're continuing to suffer, and then we have leadership that gets on, Twitter or on TV and says some, you know, more oppressive things, how do we keep that faith in what we, our belief system? Right. And I think it goes back to the idea um, of what what are we going to do? What are you going to do next? And, and, and you know, I, I, always, I want to always use everything, not just this particular movement, what is going on, but just in people's everyday life as a whole, um, you know, with your, with your goals and your aspirations and whatever. So, yes, there are atrocities that are taking place right now um, in society. But the question I always ask the people is, okay, what are you going to do? And, and if we were to take a look down the timeline, 
a lot of people didn't vote. And so now will we increase our vote turnout? Um, a lot of people um, are, are not sure how to get economic power. Um, trauma, a lot of traumatic things are going on, you know, mental health and all these things are going on. So are we going to prepare ourselves while we're dealing with these situations? So right now the atrocities that are going on. So what are we going to do? Um, you know, we, we have, um, you know, these protesters and everything that is going on. And so at the end of the day, what are we going to do with all of this? And come November, will we, will we have a greater turnout in, in, in voting? Will we um, elect um, leaders that, you know, represent um, humanity? And, and for me, I always go back to um, with everything that is going on, what are we going to do? And, and, you know, I, I liken it to um, the scripture that, you know, when they're about to take over Jericho, you know, the, um, the, the original children of Israel, they had to, you know, they weren't ready to take over the promised land. So they had to continue to, mm-hmm. you know, be in the wilderness. But then there was a new generation that rised up and said, you know, we're going to take over the city. And we're going to do right. it with force and we're going to do what we need to do. And so they made up their mind to do something. And so, yes, there are some people who are doing some things that society may not agree with, people may not agree, agree with. But in those moments, I always step back and say, okay, God is still in charge, and what are we going right. to do? You know, I can sit and complain all day that this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But what am I doing with my power of influence to help somebody else? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And th- that was one of the points I got a tongue twisted earlier in the show. don't know why. But the point I was trying to make was, you know, we, we're angry right now, and Everybody's gathering together, and they're gathering in large groups. And I'm like, wow, we're we're coming together. We have to match that same amount of energy when it's time to vote. Or even just, I brought up the census. There's a lot of people that don't even fill out their census because they don't they don't feel like, oh, it's not important. That's why we don't have great representation sometimes because we're not willing to focus that energy in that direction. So. That is my prayer. My prayer is that from these protests, because, you know, I do believe that in order for there to be a great movement, then a lot of times disruptive things have to take place. It is not when disruptive things take place that greatness is birthed. That's we, I mean, we can look from the Bible to every revolution that has taken place, you know, in our time before, well, way before our time, you know. So that that's the thing about it is that I, I – See what's going on, and my prayer is that this will now cause us to understand the power that lies within us. Because I don't think it's, I think sometimes we're always looking externally saying, you don't know who I am. You don't recognize who I am. You're holding me back and not even realizes, realizing that we haven't came to the knowledge of who we are and how powerful we are ourselves. And okay. when you mentioned the term revolution, um, my first book, funny, um, is called Four Faces of a Revolution. And, and, mm. But it was a book that focused on you have to have a revolt within yourself in order to see change. Yes. Um, and if you look at mm. everything in history, everything that changed in history, you know, there was always a loud uproar or some type of revolution. Mm-hmm. And so I look at what's going on now as, as the revolution of today. I, I even and, – and if I can yeah. even – Use this as an analogy, and um, hopefully, you know, it'll kind of um, kind of make sense. But I think of Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman w- was a revolutionist. You know, she told the people, mm-hmm. you, "We either gonna be, you either gonna go free, or you are gonna die. Which one?" 
that's that's revolutionary. And you know, I, I think about yeah. when she was when she walked into the water and she wasn't sure if how deep the water was, but she knew that she wanted her freedom. And so to me, I see those as acts of revolution. And even when it comes to people achieving their dreams and going after their desires, you have to have that revolt within yourself. You have to fight those things that are in yourself so you can get to your next destiny. But I think what happens sometimes is people are afraid to have the revolution within themselves because they have to deal with themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we share on here. Adamantly, it, the conversation a lot of times gets to that place, and I share very adamantly how um, I, I don't know if you remember the movie The Fugitive. I think his name was Richard mm-hmm. Kimball, mm-hmm. and I I tell everybody that that's what I was it, spiritually, naturally, you know, um, emotionally. When something became too weighty on me, I ran. I just ran. Mm-hmm. I, instead of dealing with it, I ran until I came to that space in life to realize, wait a minute, you keep running right right back around in the same circle. It's time for you to deal and address whatever needs to be dealt with so now you can turn and move northward northward and go on. Exactly. Okay. All right, so now let's get to the game, and we're going to stay along those lines, and here's how it works. I'm going to give you a word. You either give me one word or a phrase, or if you want to sing, you can sing a song around it, uh, however you want to do it. And sometimes, as I said, we'll go in and out of conversation with these words. All right? Okay. So the first word is right along the lines of what we're talking about, justice. Everybody deserves it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll come back to that. Peace. I when when we when I think of peace, I think of what is in your toolbox. And I say that because a lot of people may be thinking of P E A C E, but I'm thinking of mm-hmm. the other piece, P I E C E. When you're along your journey, there are going to be bits and pieces of things that you're going to need mm-hmm. to take with you on your journey. So I think of what pieces of things that you're picking up along your journey to help you on your journey. So right from that, what are some pieces that you picked up along your journey that have helped you along your journey? I would say the first one is believe in yourself. And to me that was key was because um, I had to learn that. Even though my parents mm-hmm. encouraged me, my siblings encouraged me, I had family and friends that encouraged me, but until I saw it for myself, and it was a challenge because I'm, I'm the youngest um, youngest child, and my sisters and brothers, mm-hmm. and so I was also the child that struggled tremendously academically as compared to my other siblings. And so even though they believed in me, I, because of my struggles and because of enduring bullying and all those things, um, in my earlier years in elementary and a little bit in middle school, I struggled with that belief in myself, even though everybody else saw my potential and all those things, I still could not see it. And so along the journey, I picked up big bits and pieces of things from some of my mentors and just, you know, I began to um, come into an understanding of who I, who I was as, you know, Jason T. Mahoney, um, this person who 
um, can believe in himself, this person who can do well and in my past or things that I did not do well did not determine my destiny. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you a question right from that as well. Um, and this might seem like a simple question, but I know we understand the complexity of questions that even seem simple. For those that are out there that heard what you just said, why is it important to believe in myself? Why can't I just depend on other people to believe in me? Because if, if you don't believe in yourself, almost like you are building your self-esteem, your self-worth, everything who you are, the foundation is built on what people think about you. And so what happens is when those people go away or they're no longer um, speaking those words and then you begin to sink because that foundation was not built on your own belief system and your own value of who you are. And so that's where it's important for you to build your self-love, your self-appreciation, yourself of just being glad of the person in the mirror, you have to build that foundation yourself. Um, People can come and add a brick. They can even come and paint the wall. But the foundation must start with yourself because if they remove the paint, are you strong enough to to paint the wall yourself? To say, you know what, that's nice you put the paint, but um, I'm okay. Even if you compliment me or you don't, I still can stand because I'm standing on a solid foundation of my self-belief. Awesome. Okay. All right. The next word is purpose. Everybody has a purpose in life. Everybody. Um, Even the person who is right now facing death row, even the person who is in the nursing home right now, even the person, even the child that is um, that is being born right now today at this particular time, every single human being has a purpose. Now, okay. Now, what about those that are out there that have of the mindset that they don't have a purpose or that they weren't created to do created to do anything significant in this world? What would you say to them as it relates to purpose? So, so and I'm going to answer, answer that kind of twofold. twofold. So there are some individuals who out there, they believe that they do not have a purpose, but they're seeking for their purpose. And so those mm-hmm. individuals are willing to get connected with someone to help them um, work out their purpose. So those are individuals that are going to go to life classes and those kind of things and work with people to help them work out their purpose. And then there's individuals who do not believe that they have a purpose and do not seek out the sources to help them on their purpose. So I see those, I always say those are the individuals are vulnerable people. And so that's where we um, have to be accountable to them to help them. And I always say, um, and and my friends, they always get mad at me because, like, no matter where we go, um, I, I never meet a stranger. And I never meet a stranger because I'm able to see people, and so I, I, if, I, if, I, if I need to give you a hug, I'm going to give you, a, give you a hug because I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that you're important, that you're valuable, you're good enough, and you're equal. And so I think for us who are doing good things, and who do not, I don't use the word good things, but people who are doing great things um, that are influential, um, if, you, if you're a judge, if you're a lawyer, if you're an attorney, and, and you're doing those things with integrity, 
reach back and help the vulnerable people. Yes. If you see that person that is homeless on the street, engage that person because you never know what that person's story is. So I think we, if we're, if we become more accountable to the vulnerable populations, I believe that we will help more people with their purpose. So twofold is be available for those that are seeking help, and then um, position yourself and be available to help those that that are are unable to see their purpose or even seek out services for their purpose. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, how did you discover your purpose? So, let's see. I think I discovered my purpose, um, I want to say maybe in my ninth grade year of high school. Um that I had a voice and my voice mattered. Um, I accident. It was. It's funny how this happened. I had um, signed up for a French class, and so um, I wanted to take French. And so, at that time, in order for you to take, um, you know, one class, you had to take a class that was connected with it. And so, um, at that time, the counselor had said, "Well, no, you don't have to take that. You'll be fine." And it was drama. And so. Um, so when mm-hmm. I ended up getting my schedule for my freshman year, I ended up being put in this drama class. And I was like, I can't do this. And funny enough, everybody was like, well, you know, you can do well. You know, you do Easter speeches well. You speak in church, all that. I said, but this is a whole different level because I, n- I now have to do it to pass. And so I had a drama teacher by the name of Janice Lewis, and, and I still keep in touch with her today. And she pulled every single Thing that I had in me, um, and the first play that that, and I'm gonna say I was forced to do because she did not accept anything less was this was this um, play called Jelly Belly, and she still laughs. We she and I still talk to this day about how nervous I was, and but but I still pulled it off, and so I think at that point she poured into me, and then I was able to now really walk into my purpose. Say, you know what, I do have a voice. Even though other people was telling me that I had a strong and powerful voice and that, you know, I had a voice of influence, it wasn't until I realized my voice mattered and my voice was strong and it was important that I was really able to use it. And that goes back to people can give you compliments all day, every day, but until you acknowledge them yourself, then that's when you truly can live into them. So from ninth grade up until, and then, you know, in my early 20s, you know, we do what we do in the 20s, and but I was still walking into my purpose. And I think um, in, my, in my 30s is when I really realized and branded who Jason T. Mahoney is. So even mm. though I had, you know, the public speaking, I had writing, I had all these things, but I really did not pull it together until to brand it until um, in my early 30s. So, but I had to, I would say, uh, trial and error to learn. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not who you are. This is who you are. So, what I, I encourage everybody who's listening is that when you're in your trial and error error period period, appreciate that because it's going to build you and help you when you get to the point of branding who you truly are. And I like how you talked about the trial and area period because I face a lot of people that have, have grew up in church, you know, the majority of their life as I did, 
and they struggle with the trial and error part because they're kind of um, literal people. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, they feel like God's going to reveal it to them, and it's just going to be that. Mm-hmm. It's not a trial and error type of a situation. And what I try to explain to them is that there are lessons you pull from those trials and errors that mm-hmm. help you once you fine-tune that thing. Like, you need that experience, you know, so that, you know, you can perfect that or that thing can be perfected inside of you. But it is very imperative and important that you have those trials and trial and errors because they build that substance inside of you. So I'm glad exactly. you brought that part of it up because a lot of people and, get stuck and, and in the trial is okay. and error. Right, and yes. failure is okay. You, you, you will fail. You will have moments of failure. Yes. You will have moments that that you will feel like giving up. You will have moments where um, you feel that nobody is supporting you. And you will have those moments where you feel that the people who are supposed to support you are not supporting you, and then you give up. But I always say, you know, continue to go on. I'd rather have three faithful yeah. people supporting me Come than on. a million that has no power. Absolutely. I totally agree. That 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 right there, that right there, when it comes to support, because I think sometimes we – we have a uh, one-dimension view of support. Like, we think that support is always going to come from this group of people, and then sometimes when it doesn't come the way that we expect it to, now, you know, sometimes we're ready to turn, throw in the towel, we're ready to walk away, ready, and if we haven't dealt with our emotions, we're ready to get on social media and post about them, throwing shade at them, you know, because we haven't understood through the trial and error that sometimes support the way that we desire it isn't going to come from the direction that we desire for it to come from. Exactly. Right. Because yeah, I, I've good. done workshops and I've done workshops before where I would, you know, open a workshop and maybe two people will show up. And for me, mm-hmm. I still <laughs> feel good because the two people that showed up, what the work, the the workshop was for them. I've been in workshops where I've had, you know, 30 people and more. But the the workshop that I had, the two people, I'm going to still give them the same energy as if yes. the room was packed with 500 people because yes. that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's you know, giving them, um, that, that's humanizing them, their value to say, you know, even, and I'm not going to even acknowledge two people, two people are in there. I'm going to facilitate like that, you know, a million people are in there because they're there because they're, they were meant to hear it. They were meant to hear the workshop. That, that was one and, of the and, greatest and, and lessons. People can't give up. Right. That was one of the greatest lessons my apostle taught me years ago. I remember being 19 years old. We had traveled somewhere. We had traveled quite a distance, and we got there, and it was two people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was supposed to be a conference that he was uh, preaching at. He got in there. He preached the house down like it was like he was at Megafest. Like he just, I mean, I, I remember watching and I'm like, oh man, this is really awesome. Like he's acting as if you know this is jam packed. And we got in the back, and he told me you know, one of the things he said was, "You always treat one soul just as precious as you would treat a packed house, because if God sent you there for them." then there's a special assignment that you have there for them. And I really, 
I grabbed hold of it then, but it didn't become more real to me until I started doing workshops and seminars and my purpose empowerment sessions and get all the way up to Trenton, New Jersey from Delaware and one person be there. And we have a time like it was packed in the house. And then even as I begin to teach, some of the staff members from the library were coming in. They got in trouble because they were coming in (laughs) and sitting down while they were supposed to be working. But it really taught me, you know, a, a very valuable lesson there. And I always tell people too that if I'm talking to one person, I'm talking to everybody that's connected to their purpose and their destiny. So I'm really speaking to nations and speaking to one person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this this is good. I'm enjoying this here now. Because you, you talked about when that you got person is connected to exactly. Exactly, exactly, and you never know what they're going through at that moment exactly. while God brought you there. And they might end up explaining to you, you know, listen, I was on the verge of committing suicide. I was on the verge of giving up and walking away. I felt there was no hope, no way, no how. I committed another crime. I found myself getting ready to take another drink. You know, I was going to resort back to drugs. And you didn't, know, you never know because you were willing to show up and allow God to use you in the manner that he used you, you were able to step in and intervene on their behalf. So, hey, this is and good. Cliff, okay, okay. And if I can say, if, ahead, I can add on that, and, and if I can add on that, what saddens me is that when you have individuals that, and I always like the word humanize and dehumanize, but what saddens me is that when you have some individuals um, that would not even if, if they only if they knew only two or three people would show up, they would cancel it because they'll say the turnout is not good, so they won't even show up. But and to me that dehumanizes the three people that signed up because you Absolutely. never know what those three people needed and who they're connected to. Absolutely, I did a, a, a Facebook um, no a YouTube video one day as a commercial that came on talking about Little League. And it was saying, Mom and Dad, I know you have taught us to dream big, but first we must learn to dream little. And it was paralleling it to the Little League World Series, baseball Little League World Series. And that thing hit me so hard, and I began just to sit and meditate. And one of the things I realized was that sometimes we disrespect little, trying to Mm -hmm. get big too fast. Mm -hmm. And I always told God, I never want to be like that. I never want to be like that. I never want to disrespect the process just to get to somewhere that I haven't, I don't even know what I would do if I got there right now. Right. So, yeah. Whew. Okay. So now you talked about uh, by the time you got to the, the age of 30, you were able to brand yourself. So I want to ask you a question. Who is Jason T. Mahoney? Gotcha. So Jason T. Mahoney, interesting enough, I um I, I, I used to go by the name Crafted to Motivate. And um and I mm-hmm. because I found myself one day in those early years asking God, Why did you make Jason T. Mahoney? And he said, I crafted you to motivate people. So I was going with this name Crafted to Motivate, Crafted to Motivate and and, and, and was telling people, you know, that's that's my stage name, those kind of things and it was funny because like, you know, as I was doing that, God was like, I didn't tell you that that was your name. I didn't do that. <laughs> and 
And he said, he said, I told you why I made you. I crafted you to motivate people. But I didn't tell you that your name was, was crafted to motivate. And and so it was so interesting. And, I, I mean, it, it was funny. I, I went and got T-shirts made, and I'm walking around with crafted to motivate, telling people that was my name. And the funny thing about it, Cliff, is I was moving with, as crafted to motivate, but I wasn't moving how I felt I should have been moving. Because I'm moving mm-hmm. crafted to motivate, crafted to motivate, the action of being, the action of, you know, being created. And so um, one day um, I was speaking with, um, I was on my way to um, work and I was talking to uh, one of my spiritual sisters and we were just talking. And, and I was like, you know, you know, I was, uh, I'm Jason T. Mahoney, you know, boom, boom, boom. And Chris, it hit, it, Cliff, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. My initials when I was born on June 21st. My mom and dad named me Jason T. Mahoney, Jason Tyrone Mahoney, right? So mm-hmm. my initials are JTM. Mm-hmm. Then when I look at Jason the Motivator, wow. the initials of Jason the Motivator are J, T, and M. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. So that so I was in the car talking to my spiritual sister and we just begin to, you know, um just just exalt and just be excited about that because I was like, Oh my God, I finally understand. I was crafted to motivate, but who I am is Jason Tyrone Mahoney. And Jason Tyrone Mahoney when you take the the, the initials it's JTM, which is Jason the Motivator. So from day one, when I would always, when, you know, you're in school or wherever, and you and they say the initial here, I would always initial JTM. So from day one, I was always initialing Jason the Motivator, Jason Tyrone Mahoney. So for me, that was the, the point where, and once I allowed that to happen, and, and, and I'm sure that my um, spirit is on, on the call tonight, and she can remember that conversation, but it was it was so lively. And once I released wow. Jason T. Mahoney, Jason the motivator, I now that motivational speaker, um, that author, um, I'm, I'm a certified trainer, um, I'm a certified motivational coach. So my whole platform is built on who I was born to be. God crafted me to motivate people. And, and, and when my parents named me, they gave me the acronym of who God had crafted me to be. And I even had someone to tell me it was too funny. They said, you know, you may need, they were giving me some critiques. And they said, well, you may need to change that because um, it appears that, you you, you know, you only um, fought for, for church, and, and that's going to stunt your growth to where you need to go because it seemed like you're always, you know, in, in church and you want to change some things about yourself. And I said, no, we're not going to do that because, I've been on diff- so many different platforms from churches to what have you because I was obedient in who that who Jason T. Mahoney is. And so for me, Absolutely. that was the, the door that opened is I realized who I was born to be and what I was born to do. And then when I began to look down the timeline, I realized, wow, I've been motivating people my whole life. I just didn't know what it was. Mm. You're going to have everybody at home now writing down their initials, trying to come up with an acronym now. Absolutely. Who are who you? They are. <laughs> who are like you when you look that. at your initials? Listen, yeah, who, what, the positive. name that is on your birth certificate, who are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about it is that I've seen a lot of people 
go away from the name that they were given mm-hmm. as they rela- as it relates to their purpose. So that that that's a powerful story wrapped within everything that you just said there. Now, let's talk about this. There's a word I want to throw out there at you, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that word. Uh, that word is transformation. Mm-hmm. So when I think about transformation, it, it, it's that it's that change, and I think about you know um, about the butterfly, um, and you know it's a cliche analogy. Everyone talks about it, but when I think about transformation, I, I would let the listeners know that you will go through some transformations. You will go through um, you know that chrysalis stage, that that ugly stage. Um, you will go through the stage where you know you you're you're crawling. You you may you you may be moving slow, um, and you you're ready to give up. But I think with transformation, if you endure the process, and you get what you need within that process, that transformation period is really good. But you must be willing to go through the transformation. Now let's talk about uh, tra- you. You kind of spoke about a transformation as it related to you know, your identity, how you just explained all of that to us. But what are some other transformations that you've experienced in your life? And you're talking about the process. What are some of the processes that you went through within that transformation? Um, I think some other um, processes just have been um, being able, so of course you know the transformation of my name and all those things, but I think being able to, deal with things when I'm in my chrysalis stage. You know, um, it's been times where, you know, we at, at one point I would um, often compare myself to other people um, to say, well, they're doing this, this, and this, and, and then I'm like, well, when is, when is my turn coming and those kind of things? So I had to go through that, that, that transformation to say, but that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, and and mm-hmm. as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're good. So for me, I had to go through that transformation process to do that. And 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 I would say this: that everything we're always in a transformation process, and and so transformation is something that always takes place. But when you're going through those transformations, understand that there's a purpose and what are you supposed to learn in that transformation? And then when you get out of that transformation, what are you going to do with it? And so I I look at every transformation as a process. In every stage in your life, your business, your spiritual growth, everything you go through is a transformation stage, but you must be willing to go through the transformation. And so for me, um, you know, like I said early on, it was, you know, the name, and then, you know, um, so now I've got this, so, okay, now God, or, you know, now now when is my time coming? You know, do I got next? And, and you know, well, why did this happen for them and didn't happen for me? So I had to go through that transformation of, nah, this, this, this is what I sent you to do, or this is what you're supposed to do. And for me, I would I would encourage other people to say, when they're going through those moments of looking at other people and what they're doing and, and, and when is your turn coming and all those things, don't focus, do not focus on those things. Focus on what you can do with what you have. And, I, and, and you know, I always like it to the, um, the, the story of the, the, the widow woman says she's all, she's all I got is this, is this little bit of flour. And so with whatever you have, you can transform whatever you have. Whatever gift that you have in yourself, put it through the transformation process. And let and, and just let it work. Don't don't try to get what someone else has. Walk your path, 
and, and you're going to be okay. And to me, transformation is a good thing. It doesn't feel good sometimes, but you got to still walk, walk through that process with that transformation and don't give up in the midst of the transformation. You know, I think about the caterpillar in the chrysalis stage. If it gave up, it would never become the butterfly. So I encourage everybody, if you're in your transformation, if you're in that chrysalis, that ugly stage, work through it because at the end of the day, you're going to you're going to come out but you have to be willing to work through it and then even in your chrysalis stage you're still teaching and motivating and encouraging other people. Mhm. Okay. So now I want to go back to something that you said a couple of minutes ago. You were talking about uh someone was giving you a critique and they were uh telling you that you might need to change some of the things cuz it was kind of more like churchy nature if that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using my own words um paraphrasing um how do you know when someone's giving you constructive criticism and you need to take it own it apply it and watch it go you know watch what happens becomes of it versus when you know that that is a part of your dna and your makeup and you appreciate and you value what they're saying, yet you understand that this is something you do not need to change. Mm-hmm. So interesting enough, what what I always do when people give me feedback or give me um, crit- um, um, critique of those kind of things, I listen because I, I um, you know, my mom always taught me, you know, God gave you two ears, so listen. She said you don't have to agree, but mm-hmm. but listen, you know, humanize people. When they're talking to you, I'm I'm real big on that humanizing humanizing stuff. So humanize people when they talk to you. So I, I can listen to you, but after after you share with you shared, I, I will come back, and then of course I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna evaluate. I'm gonna see where it came Absolutely. from. I'm gonna pretty much um, assess the whole thing about whatever that critique was, and see did it come from a good place, and, and all those things, and then I make a decision, an informed decision. Um, an informed decision from prayer, a informed decision from, you know, just um, self-assessment and all those things. But I do believe that you can learn something from any criticism or any critique that someone gives you. Um, I, I just believe that. that So when people do give you something, it may be good or bad in that critique, but, but listen, what, what is the learning thing that I need to receive from this critique? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so now we're down to our last word. And the last word is motivation. Gotcha. So, so you you giving me my 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 last name, the motivator. That's how we. That's how we're ending it. That's how we're gonna end this gotcha, game. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I, I would just say motivation is is your driving force to achieve your dreams. It's your driving force mm-hmm. to um to to force you to do whatever you want to do. I tell people you have a choice to get motivated living or get motivated to die. So if if you're not mm. motivated to do something, you're just going to sit there and die. Um, regardless if you if you have a dream that you want to work on and nobody's supporting you, get that drive within yourself and get the tools that you need to make it happen along the way. You know, um, I can give you a car, but if you're not motivated to drive the car, then you're not going to drive the car. But what is but, mm-hmm. but what is needed for you to get up and do what you need to do? It, it's it's the driving force for you to achieve your goal. It initiates you. It guides you. It's your process. It, to me, I would say it's the blood that runs in your veins. 
every day mm-hmm. you get up in the morning, you have to be motivated to get up. <laughs> you know, when you go to apply for a job, you have to be motivated to show up for that interview. Um, if it's raining outside and you're having a, a, a not a good day, you have to be motivated to say, you know what, regardless of whatever's going on, I am going to press my way. I'm motivated to move forward. So to me, motivation is everything that is going to push you to get to your destiny. It can be a person. It can be a goal you're working towards. But whatever that driving force that is forcing you to move towards achieving your dream, that's what motivation is. And we have to embrace it. Um, some people are, are afraid of motivation because mm-hmm. it forces them to go after their destiny. So if you if you ever talk to people and they're saying, well, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that, they haven't tapped into their motivation because their motivation is, you know, I'm just going to do it. If I fail, I fail. If I win, I win. If I achieve, I achieve. Motivation is just do it. And and, and 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 whatever the outcome is, I'm still going to be good because I was motivated to get up and do it. If you want to write a book, write a book. Whatever your goal yeah. is, just do it. And, and we have to be a, we have to stop being afraid of lolly dotty and everybody. We have to stop being afraid of our past failures. We have to stop being afraid of all of those things and just do it. And that's what motivation says. Motivation is regardless of all of that junk and all of that stuff, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Now, can motivation be directed in the wrong area or areas? Like, say, for for instance, I wake up and I'm motivated. I want to go in the studio and record an album. But I can't sing. How do I direct my motivation in the right area? So, Cliff, this is going to be interesting. So, you you want to do a recording, but you can't sing, right? Yes, yes. I want to I want okay. to record an album. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm just I, I I'm I'm one of those crazy radical people. If you want to record an album and you can't sing, but it is your desire to record an album, I would encourage you to take take singing lessons. I would encourage you mm-hmm. to connect with people who can sing and say, listen, I really can't sing, but I want to release this album. If I write the song, can you at least, you know, let me do the talk at the beginning? Because I'm not a singer <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all, right? But I released the CD. I released the poetry CD, and I have my friends who can sing. They're on the CD. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, so, so but I'm motivated to get my album out, so I got an album out. Right. Now, I'm not singing, but I'm talking, right. but it's my album. And I went in the studio and went through the whole process, so I was motivated to do that. And, and mm-hmm. if I wanted to sing, I would sing on it, but I know that I can't sing. But I like how you put the twist on there because so many people would have came at it as, now, you know you can't sing, so why would you even think to do something like that? But you took the passion, the energy, everything that I had towards it and said, okay, Here's how we can flip this thing to work in your favor. Talk, gather around some people that can sing. Y'all put that thing together so it can sing. Right. And, and when I'm motivating, and I when I'm that, doing motivational coaching with people um, and, and we're talking, they're telling me their goals and everything, and, and I always do in every one of my sessions, I always say to them, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. And to be honest with you, I think that part scares a lot of people. 
because that's not what they're used to hearing. Mm-hmm. They're used to hearing your idea is dumb. Why you think you do that? You can't do that. Are you serious? Why you even want to do that? So when you meet somebody that's going to say, for real, that's what you want to do? Come on, let's go. Let's get this thing going. It kind of is a, woof. wait a minute. What do you mean? I, I was expecting something else. So, yeah, that's why I tell people you always have to have purposeful conversations with the right individuals. Because the right individuals can spark that thing inside of you, and before you know it, you're doing it with ease. Exactly. Or a lot easier than you thought it would be because it was in you so long crying out to get out and was ready to escape, but you kept, you know, uh, smothering it and smothering it and smothering it by putting other people's uh, negative words and thoughts that they have for themselves you know, that's 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 where it all gets back to. You know, they feel that about their dreams because somebody told them that about their dreams. And then the person right. that told them that, somebody told that person that. So, you know, it's that never-ending cycle until the motivator steps in and destroys that cycle by giving them new dialogue and language. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. All right. So now what – what projects do you have right now, and what projects are you working on that we can look forward to, like, in the near future? So right now, um, in the near future, I will say um, on June 21st, which will be my birthday, I will be um, releasing okay. something. I, w- I would encourage everybody to, you know, um, check my Facebook page out um, on June 21st, and you will kind of see a project that I've been um, that I've been working on to give birth to. Um, but a project I am working on that I can kind of share is uh, with uh, with the book with my books. I'm doing um, pretty much a, a a book chat as well as um, just um, monthly and motivational calls with individuals where you can um, sign on and just listen to some of the motivational calls and then get in the book Letters to Our Brothers. It's um, it's a book about 44 black men um, from across the United States, and we all came together for one purpose was to motivate, empower, and encourage other black men. And the black men represents individuals from socioeconomic statuses, um, religious beliefs, and so many different backgrounds, but we all came together to write this book to symbolize that the power of when black men come together, we can accomplish great things. This book has traveled to Africa, um, to Ghana, mm-hmm. and it's being used um, in one of their schools there as a tool. Um, it, it's been a bestseller. It uh, was a bestseller on um, Amazon. It actually was a Walmart um, online doorbuster. And so it's really a book that provides encouragement, empowerment, and motivation for black men. Um, and that's pretty much a project that we've been really pushing to really get this hands in the, um, this book in the hands of every black man. And it is so needed in such a time as this. Like that is that is a project that we all need to go out and grab right now because we need that, especially when it's time for us to unite. Uh, that can help us learn how to unite and see the diversity within the book and realize that even though you're not like this when you're not like that when you're not like this when you still have something of value that we all can use. So. I encourage everyone to go out and purchase that book. Also, let us know about other books that you have as well that are out. Okay, so um, I have um, my my very, very first book 
was entitled Four Faces of a Revolution, and Four Faces of a Revolution, The Fight for Freedom, it, it was a, it's a radical poetry book that talks about um, you have to go through that revolt to get to where you need to be, and it talks about um, it takes you on, literally on a journey of dealing with yourself, dealing with self-love, and then all, and all the way to the point of then I'm falling in love with myself. And so it's pretty much a revolution that deals with a lot of issues that we're seeing today um, in the fight for freedom. Uh, my next book is Tried in the Fire, which is a um, a trauma mm-hmm. narrative book. And so in Tried in the Fire, you meet um, you meet six individuals that are facing different traumatic events um, from suicide attempts and different things. And so the whole purpose of Tried in the Fire is to let individuals know that everybody has a story. Um, everybody has a story, and if we can realize that I got a story. You got a story. We all got a story. We will treat each other a little bit better. Um, but that's what mm-hmm. Trident and Fire kind of talks about is that everybody has a story, and your story is valid. Your story is valuable, and your story is who you are. You can't change your story, but you can change how you respond to your story, and that's what Trident and Fire is about. It also gives you some self-help techniques and some poetry to kind of soften the stories because a lot of the trauma narratives that are in there are um, are very um, are very challenging, and so the poetry that is in there, I always say, is kind of lighting a blow from some of the trauma narratives. Uh, my other book mm-hmm. is Edification on the Go, and I actually co-wrote that uh, with my good friend Nicole Campbell, um, and she's a grief counselor and Raleigh, just an awesome person. And so it's called Edification on the Go, and it's a pocket book. So it can fit directly okay. for women. It can fit directly in your purse. For men, it can fit directly in your back pocket. And so it's just a, um, quotes, and it has pictures to go with it. And every day, wherever you find yourself in or whatever you're going through, you can pull the book out, get a quote, and um, use that quote. Um, for example, one quote says, never hide your gift, never. Um, it's okay that your flashlight outshines somebody else's floodlight. And so it kind of just talks about even if you have a little light, be appreciative of your little light because if you shine it right, it's going to shine bright. And in the last book, again, is, you know, Letters to Our Brothers that we um, that I released um, in December of 2019. Um, and it's, a, it's a compilation book with um, 43 other black men, like I said, from across the U.S., very diverse. And, and I, I promise, and I, and I promise that every single black man that picks up this book. It doesn't matter if you're a high school dropout, a grammar school dropout, a Ph.D., um, go to church, married, single, divorced, widow, wherever you find yourself in life, you will find one of these brothers in this book that you can connect with, and they they will be able to speak your language. And And I was intentional in pulling together brothers of diverse backgrounds because I am of the belief system that, we're all black men, but we're all different types of black men. Uh, when we and, and that's what we have to realize is that we all have different thought pro- thought processes. But at the end of the day, you're my brother. At the end of the day, you're a black man, right. and we can work together and we can change a nation. Um, and so it's really words of healing, motivation, wisdom, and encouragement. And you can actually find that book on Amazon as Letters to Our Brothers. And so those are the four books um, that I have. Awesome, awesome. So now we're going to get to our last three questions. Um, again, thank you for joining us. I appreciate this conversation. Now, thank you. You've given us so much over this time period that you've been here with us. If we were to forget everything that you said tonight, 
what is one thing you would want us to remember and take away from this conversation? Um, go after what you want. Go after your dreams. Mm. Just go after them. Throw fears aside. Go after your dreams. Even if you feel you're too old or too young, just go after them. Go after them. Awesome, awesome. Now, the second question is, on here we like to honor those that we call transforming transformers. Now, transforming transformers are individuals that have committed their life to a life of transformation and committed also to take that transformation that they've experienced and help someone else through their processes of transformation. It can be a mentor, spiritual leader, coach, everything that you embody within yourself. But who have been those transforming transformers in your life? Would you like to shout out a couple of people uh, that have been that to you? Wow. Um, that would be a litany of individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you. Wow. A litany. Let's see here. Okay. Um, right off the top, right off the top. Um, I would say um, one of them is uh, my mentor, Dr. Kenny Rose, um, out of Sumter, South Carolina. Um, do you, can I also share why? Oh, go ahead, sure. Okay, yeah, Dr. Um, Kenny Rose. Um, he was a guidance counselor uh, when I was in high school, and but he was not my assigned guidance counselor. But he always adopted himself to be the guidance counselor for, for, for students that, you know, he saw potential in and, and even students that would struggle and have challenges. He, even though he was not their side, assigned guidance counselor, he was just that person. He was a black male in, uh, in our school uh, with a Ph.D. So for us as, 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 as black males in school, like, oh, this, he's a doctor. So, but he never allowed that to even define who he was. He just believed in, like, pouring into young people. And one thing that I will always remember about Dr. Rose um, was I was preparing to go to college. And the summer, he knew what school I was going to, and the summer before I went to college, he happened to be in the community where the college was I was going to attend. And he took his time to go into the college, walk the college campus, confronted students that were on the campus and say, um, you know, one of my young people is about to come to the school next year, and I need you to give me a list of everything he needs to do to be successful. He went to um, the guidance, um, the counselor's office and found some scholarships, and then he came back to uh, my hometown, and on a sticky note, he had all this stuff for me. And so then when I got to college my freshman year, everything was laid out. And so, and I didn't ask him to do that. He did that. And so funny enough, he did that for other students as well. So I was kind of jealous. I was like, I thought I was, you know, the favorite, but so, and I, and to this day, um, you know, I, I just, I really look up to Dr. Rose, you know, he's, um, you know, he's retired, doing well. Um, he's running for um, Sumter County Council, um, District 5, just doing really good. And so um, Dr. Rose just like, and, and my A1, the only thing is, you know, he plays a different fraternity, but, you know, we always laugh about that. Um, I'll say if I can do two in one, my parents um, mm-hmm. are transformers because I see them. My, my dad is a carpenter by trade, and he has shown me how to transform wood, how to take a piece of wood mm-hmm. and make it into something. My mom really showed me how to transform people and, and how to work with people and motivate and encourage people. So if I can put those two in one, and I would say 
my uh, my best friend from college, um, Dr. Timothy Brown. Um, Dr. Timothy Brown, when we were freshmen, freshmen, well, actually we met at freshman orientation, and when he introduced himself, he introduced himself as Dr. Timothy Brown. Oh, Everything right. in his room, he would label Dr. Timothy Brown. And fast forward, um, he's 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 an optometrist today. And so for me, that was transformation because he's like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and put my name down. So I would say those three people, with my parents being um, one, um, really have been some. Um, inspiration to me, some motivators, and all of them had the common message of go after your dreams. Awesome, awesome. We honor each and every one of them on tonight. Now, before we get to the last question, I want to give you room. You told us about your books. You told us about your coaching services. You told us about your workshops. Now I want to give people uh, where they can go to get more information about all of this, as well as your social media handles so they can follow you on your social media platforms. Okay, okay. Um, my website is, of course, www.thelettertmahoney, um, and that's M-A-H-O-N-E-Y.com. So that's jtmahoney.com. Um, on Facebook, I'm Jason T. Mahoney. On Instagram, I'm JTM, the motivator. And so if you really just search um, Jason T. Mahoney, if you go to Google and just search Jason T. Mahoney, um, my website will pop up and, you know, some pictures and all that. And then you can just click and it will connect you to either my Twitter, Instagram, or my webpage. But it's JTMahoney.com. Awesome, awesome. Now we're getting to the last question. I always end every conversation with this question just like I start every conversation with the same question. And that question is, who is God to you? Hmm. Um, I would say two words, my everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is my everything. Um, and, and I say my everything because um, even though I love my parents, you know, the Bible says, you know, when my mother and father take me, what have you. And so God is going to be there for me. Um, when I find myself alone and trying to make decisions and I know I can't call on certain people to help me with those decisions, I know that I can pray, fall asleep, and somehow, some way, I'll, I'll get clarity on what have you. Um, when I find myself afraid or um, or, or just whatever I find myself in, when I think of my everything, that means that it's just everything, the totality of who I am. Um, yeah, and, and that I would just say he's my everything. I can't even describe him in any other way, but just for me, my, my complete everything. Awesome. Now, again, guys, you're listening. If you are faithful listening to this show, you understand that the purpose of that question is that I have not had two people answer that question the same since I started asking that question. Now, I will say others have said he's my everything, but everybody that expounds on he's my everything, their explanation of everything is different. And the reason why I do that is because Regardless of how long we've had a relationship with God, how well we feel we know God, there are realms and dimensions of him that have yet to be unlocked to each and every one of us. 
However, when we sit down with each other and we experience each other, we are experiencing a new dimension and new realm of who God is. And when we put language to who God is to us, it helps those of us look at God from a whole nother perspective. So the answer or the solution that I may need, I've never seen God in that way. But if I sit and talk to you, you've seen God in that way. I can pull from that. That's a reference point for me. And now I can continue along my journey. So that's why we ask that question at the end, because God is so amazing. And that doesn't even begin to do him justice. He's so awesome. That doesn't do him justice that we just want to put new vocabulary and experiences on who God is to each and every one of us. So, again, I thank you for joining us on tonight. I thank you for freely sharing with our listening audience. Listening audience, I encourage you to connect with Jason, connect with him on his through his website, connect with him on social social media. Make sure you check out his books and products and make sure you support. All right, guys. Also, if you want to connect with me on social media, simply type in Clifton Petty John. We're back again on Friday with another amazing show, guys. If you want to know who's going to be on the show, you want to know any more information about the show and everything that I have going on, I want you to visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com, all right? You're going to find out everything about me, including, guys, a link to my podcast. Remember, I want you to head over and listen to, listen to my latest episode of my podcast. If you haven't subscribed, I want you to subscribe. As I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, execute your vision. Peace.